Hello, friends. Welcome to That's Pretty Woo. Conversations about life, beauty, and magic. Because talking it out makes us all more connected. We're your hosts, Jordan Medina and Kayleen Seuss, two friends navigating the balance between making time for our work and passions while trying to be present in everyday life as mothers, partners, and citizens of the universe. Okay, let's chat. We've been talking about how we should do an episode on sleep for a long time. Today's the day. Jordan, can you start us off? What do you think sleep is? I mean, what a concept. So besides the fact that it like makes up, I don't know, half of our lives, Mm -hmm. like it's crazy when you think about it that way. I think I love sleep. So the interesting thing about doing this episode was like, I think you were excited to do it, to view sleep as like something to that I need to do more of. and that you need to do more of. <laughs> yeah. And it made me realize that I actually have always had a really healthy relationship with sleep, mm-hmm. that I actually do value sleep a lot and that I actually have really good routines around sleep. Like I didn't feel the need to even read one of these books because I was like, I feel like I already do a lot of this, but I will say, you know, having a child and being being in a marriage in a relationship mm-hmm. and sleeping with a, another person in the bed, there's a lot of complications that I deal with in those realms right. that I'm like wondering if your book's touched on. So I'd be happy to talk about. And I think that you know, it's just so important. It's like I, when I don't have sleep, I am not as great during the day. You know, my, yeah. my waking life is by no means as efficient as joyous if I don't get the amount of sleep that I need, which I'm well aware of in myself. I think some people can actually do with less, but I think that there's a limit of that too. Yeah. I mean, I think that, so wait, so what's enough sleep like when you're for you? Well, for me, I really need about, I really need if it's like, sometimes I'm in phases where I need about seven hours. And then most of the time I'm in phases where I need like between eight and nine hours. Um, but it just depends. Like my body kind of tells me, but I definitely, I like I can fall right to sleep. I don't really, well, I, I will say I struggle. I have struggled with that in the past and I've definitely like take supplements that help me aid me in falling asleep. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, it's time. You know, I know that like I don't mind falling asleep on the couch or whatever because I'm like, I'd rather be asleep than awake, like pushing myself to stay awake. Hmm. You fall asleep on the couch watching shows and stuff. Sometimes. I mean, here's, it's, it's, that's the part of it. That's like difficult in a relationship. When I lived alone, (laughs) I would love to go get, I was like bath book bed, you know, like, like you are with (laughs) a child. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would take a bath. I still take a bath. That's always been a really important sleep ritual for me. I feel better. I sleep better. I saw where you'd written about like it cooling your body temperature down, which scientifically proven which is why, I mean, why we bathe our kids at night. There's a lot of other reasons, right. but it helps drop your core body temperature. When you get out of the bath, It you're cold and mm-hmm. we sleep better when our core body temperature is lower. It's like one of the phases in getting to sleep is that our body temperature has to drop. So bathing is like, really good for that. Yes. And I've, I've known that for a long, long time. And Mm -hmm. I've, I've always abided by that. And I just, you know, I, since I was a little girl, I've done that. I'm a night bather. Like a lot of people shower in the morning. I'm always kind of like I bathe before I go to bed. So that's kind of part of the routine. And then, you know, in my like alone life or when Nathan's traveling, you know, I'm more likely to crawl in the bed with a book Mm -hmm. and read for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. But because sometimes our only time that we're together is an hour of a TV show before we go to sleep. However, I like set myself up so cozy that I might as well be in bed. Mm -hmm. And it isn't ideal, obviously, to have the screen on in front of you. But I mean, sometimes you have to give and take because that's our relation. That is our relationship to some capacity. So it's like the struggle of like two working parents with, you know, young kids, like this is your time together. So I think that that's something that's taken a bit of a sacrifice at this moment that, but that I'm not, I'm not 
upset about it because it hasn't really interfered with like my rest. Like I will fall asleep on the couch, which really bothers Nathan. Mm -hmm. And I become a really mean sleeper once I've fallen asleep. So for me, that means if I fall asleep and I get woken up, I don't do well at all. Yeah. Worse than most people. Nathan is the one to get up more in the middle of the night with the baby, like now, um, if he's ever upset, which is rare. But, you know, that's it doesn't work well for me. What's what's your relationship with sleep? Like, what do you view about sleep? Well, I mean, I think that in my lifespan, sleep has always been a really, really important thing. And for as long as I can remember, I always was somebody that could sleep anywhere. Like as a kid, I always slept in the car because I'd get car sick and finally my parents like clued me in that like, if you go to sleep, then you won't be car sick. So I would just like get in a car and fall asleep on purpose Mm -hmm. as like a coping mechanism. And I think that like, I know for sure there was times like even as a teenager where I'd be like really upset about something and I would use a nap as a way to like work through something. Like for a really long time, I can think of like when I would, before I'd fall asleep, like tell myself like, work on this Mm -hmm. while I'm asleep. So I've always loved sleep. But in my adult life, I've also really liked not sleeping like that staying up late and watching a show or working on a project, staying up late in college to like study and stuff or party like there is just a magic to the night that's like very alluring to Mm -hmm, me. And mm -hmm. I think part of that is also because I was always so focused on sleeping really well. And I swam competitively my whole life. So I would have to get up at 4.30 most morning, like Mm -hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, my whole life growing up in high school. And before high school, I would get up and swim in the morning. So if you're going to get up at 4.30 and you have school and practice, like you're going to go to bed before 10. Like I would, I would just like crash. And like, I think as a teen, there's also like that sleep momentum. And we weren't teens with like so much technology in our room also. So like Oh, I was. I've had a I had a TV in my room since I was like oh, four. Okay, well, that's different. Than uh, yeah, <laughs> we had a computer in the game room. I had a computer in my room too. Wow, mm-hmm. I got a laptop in high school. But anyways, I still. I mean, you were like it was a different exposure than what right. kids are on now. So I, I mean, but I would just like shut down. And I think I still do that with sleep. Like I just hit a wall and I'm like shutting down. But having kids and I think since becoming a mother and really like seeing my time and we've talked about this in a a past episode of like defining what my time is and what our time is. But Mm -hmm. thinking about my time, like I would just say that like the evenings when both kids are asleep and I know for sure they're down for the night, that's like when my time starts. Yes. And so my sleep has suffered because of that, because I haven't been viewing sleep as my time. Hmm. But in preparing for this episode and like consuming a lot of content about (laughs) sleep, it has made me realize that maybe sleep is a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. Maybe sleep is self-care. 1000%. Yeah. And so going to get acupuncture and going to get a massage and going like doing that kind of self-care, like if I'm not well slept, then that is not serving me. Mm. It's it's like a. I understand. It's like trying to ice a not fully baked cake. It's like right. you're you've got to really get the foundation to even. It's you like know. such a basic thing. Mm-hmm. It's free. I you know it takes time, but it's free to do. I don't have to go anywhere to do it, and so it's. But it does have to. You have to change the structure of your days and the way that you view it. And mm-hmm. you know, in talking about like watching a show with your partner before. I mean, I think that's like a very standard habit that 
a lot of people in America mm-hmm. are doing is mm-hmm. you eat dinner and then you watch a show. And I had told Adam a while ago that I was thinking about doing like Julia Cameron's artist way where you yes. take a break from consuming like all things related to like all content essentially. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, well, then what would we do? And I was like, we would talk. Uh, we would do a puzzle. We could play card games. Like there's a lot of stuff that we yeah. could do other than watch a show. But I think we have in our heads that like watching a show, it it's like you're almost asleep. Like what you said, like uh-huh. you're like halfway well, shut I'm, down. Nathan isn't. I am. I mean, I think part of it is there's no scenario where Nathan is going to be laying next to me in a bed reading a book. It will not happen. He hasn't read a book in like since we've since we've been together. So I don't really? see yeah. that as a realistic. You know, there's part of it that is a partnership. Like and yeah. sleep sleep is a partnership. That's something we have. It has been a real struggle for us because. If Nathan knows he has to get up early the next morning, he really is truly a night owl. He is wired to stay awake late. He is like, he is wired to sleep late. He's been this way since he was a, a like an infant, his mom says. And he's very much that way now. Like even if he intends to, to wake up at five, he'll set like an alarm for five, five oh five, five ten, five fifteen, And I'm there. And once that alarm goes off at five on his phone, I'm up yeah. and I'm like, crap. And then he's the one who can sleep till nine despite mm-hmm. that alarm. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, he'll work till eight and then stay up till, you know, midnight or one without thinking about it. And that doesn't really phase him. Mm-hmm. So that's an issue in and of itself. And mm-hmm. if he, when he used to have to go into an office, you know, now he works from home. When he used to have to go into an office, if he had to, if he had to get up at six or something, he would not sleep. It's like the idea of having to, have you ever had that where it's like yeah. you're anticipating something and so you can't sleep because of the anticipation? Well, Nathan would have that every single day and he would toss and turn in the bed and I would struggle to sleep well, because yeah. I could feel his energy. And out of all the human design things about being a projector, there's a lot that I didn't relate to because I, and you kind of taught me something about that with like my heart center, but I see why I I related a lot to like the generator stuff. But what I do relate to about being a projector is knowing when I need to shut down, knowing when I'm tired, knowing that I need to sleep. And also that I would really love to sleep alone. I, Mm -hmm. I do prefer that. I really, I look, I luxuriate in sleep. I always have. And I think part of like the technology not bothering me, maybe it's because I have had it for so long. I don't have, I don't like sit on my phone in the bed and I don't keep technology in the room now. I would love to get one of those alarm clocks so that I don't have to have the phone next to me. The Casper Glow yeah, Light. I want that for Christmas. Anybody listening who's buying me things for Christmas, I want that Casper Glow Light. And I would love for that to be a part of my routine. And I do like, even in high school, when I had all that technology in my room, I would cut it off and I would journal. Sometimes I would put like the sleep timer on the TV and just fall asleep to it. But I could, I, I had a sister who would sleep with the TV on all night mm-hmm. and I just couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. I would never be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I think that like the way that we grow up and then also the way that we have our, our natural inclinations, like you talking about Nathan's natural inclinations, I think that influences our relationship with sleep. But I think the, the science is oh, I agree. really intense right now. So it's kind of like a budding thing. And we still don't know a lot. We, the scientists, not mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. don't know a ton about what sleep is and like what's actually happening. But there's been a lot of correlations drawn between cancer, Alzheimer's, like mm-hmm. major things. And then also in motor vehicle accidents. So if you aren't sleeping, you are putting yourself at risk worse than drunk driving because what happens, and this is, so I listened to um, three podcast episodes 
on this podcast called The Drive with Peter Atia. And he's a physician and he does these like really long form. Have you ever listened to his podcast? Mm-mm. It's good. In the sleep stuff, he's talking about how he might move to Austin, but I'm not like a regular listener. So I'm like, I need to figure out who this guy is. <laughs> um, so he did a three-part episode with Dr. Matthew Walker, who's the author of Why We Sleep. It's episodes 47, 48, and 49, if you want to check it out. Each episode is two hours long. Oh my gosh. So it's six hours of content just about sleep. And the guy wrote a book about it. And so talking about all this with Adam and he read the Why We Sleep book and he was like, he also listened to all those episodes. Yeah. And he was like, you don't have to do both. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to listen to the podcast, buy the guy's book to like and support I, I him. heard him on another podcast. Okay. Um, it wasn't six hours of content. It was about two, but it was okay. still, so I'm a little familiar and I know his like hitting point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think he's, I mean, he's, he's funny. He's charismatic. He's like a pretty good storyteller. And then he's also like a really super nerdy sleep scientist. Right. So it's, it's easy enough to listen to. Like I stuck with it for six hours because I was really intrigued and it was a lot of like basic information that kind of speaks to like my inner wiring of like, re- like when he says something, it's like a recognition of truth. Like it's like, oh yeah, like that makes sense to my body. Mm-hmm. But it's also really new information in terms of like, we don't know that much about sleep. And there is so much cultural emphasis on not sleeping enough. And that being I like agree a with that. power I, thing. I think that I see it a lot. You know, I, I do think Nathan is wired a different way to stay up certain different hours, but I see him his struggle, he has a struggle with sleep that affects him more. He feels tired, more tired in his day-to-day life than I do because it's like he doesn't, he, he has said he wished he didn't have to sleep. He doesn't see the value in it. He, you know, if you could just stay up all night and not feel tired, that would be great. Like that's how he feels. And he definitely is a production machine. Mm -hmm. I am much more like hardwired for self-care. I really like the idea of rest and, and sitting with things and, you know, having that moment to myself. I love sleep. So I notice most like the things you're talking about with the health stuff and the, you know, the car stuff that does not surprise me at all. After when, when I had Wilder, he had extreme colic for the first bit of time. I cut out everything out of my diet. I, you know, was trying gripe water and all sorts of different things. We put them on the reflux medicine, but for three months and like, I need to really emphasize this because I feel like people hear it and don't understand it for three months he did not sleep over a two hour stretch. So every two hours I was up for 40 minutes Mm -hmm. and that included when I went back to work. And so when I went back to work, people were like, why are you so tired? Like so-and-so is not that tired. She just had a baby. And I would say, I haven't slept over two hours in months. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's been a really long time. And I lost my marbles. Like I was so sensitive. You could have knocked me over with a feather. Just somebody saying that brought tears to my eyes, Mm -hmm. you know, like asking me why I felt so tired. You know, I felt beyond emotional. I mean, Mm -hmm. that definitely was like, give me the Zoloft. And I felt, you know, just extremely depleted. Mm -hmm. I felt like I'd aged 10 years in the span of the few months. I mean, I have a picture that Nathan, we were like having conversation about potentially having future children. And the other day he's like, are you sure? Like he sent me this photo of myself (laughs) holding Wilder at three months. And I look like, to be kind, like the face of meth. Like, I mean, you know, but it was, it was just from a place of pure depletion. Yeah. And what I hated about it was that I didn't have a choice in it because 
I wanted to sleep, you know, yeah. and that that's really hard. Yeah. And I think at least going into it next time, I mean, I at least know there's maybe there's an end in sight, yes. like there's a future. Yeah. This is what it looks like. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy yeah, cause for that. You just mentioned like, Oh, well the baby barely wakes up now. And you, I mean, you're like months and a, you know, a long way away from oh, it. But, yeah. but when you're in it, you don't, you actually don't know. I think mm-hmm. one, that's one of the hardest things about life in general, but motherhood really brings it to the surface is when you're suffering, it feels like it's permanent. Yes. And you are also at a disadvantage in that, in whatever scenario, in this case, you were super sleep deprived. So you don't have the wherewithal to see into the future. Yes. And because I had the OCD, you know, people would say nap when the baby naps, like during the day. But I really, I was like cleaning out pots and pans and doing, doing crazy things yeah. that like, honestly, I think in retrospect, I would, I would have napped in, during the day to at least give myself something. Yeah. But I just, I couldn't, I didn't want to, I didn't, yeah. you know, people would say like, well, I don't understand. And I just, I think a lot of first time, obviously like you yeah. have a, a condition that doesn't help with that. But yeah. I think a lot of first time mothers really suffer with that. And it isn't just, I think it's a, like a holding on to who you once were. Of At least that's it what is. it was for it me. It was for me for sure. And it's a postpartum anxiety, which sure. is extremely common. Yes. I mean, if that's like, but the anxiety, so in the podcast and what Dr. Matthew Walker says is that one of the disconnects that he sees in just the way that we are treating people of all things anything that might be wrong with you is like, mm-hmm. if you're not sleeping, then you aren't treating a well body. And so with any sort of mental concerns, like if you're not getting enough sleep, but the tricky thing is, is like, it's a chicken and egg situation. Yeah. If you're having anxiety, you can't sleep. If a you lot can't of times, sleep, yeah. then you're getting more anxiety. And, and so how do you- And as somebody who struggle with that yeah. and struggles with that, I will say I do supplement my sleep. And so- I've always valued sleep, but there have definitely been times in my life where I have really struggled with sleep. Mm-hmm. When I was in my like early 20s, going through my breakup, whatever, I, of course, struggled with sleep. And everything always, you know, my mom used to always say this, like when I was emotional as a child at night, and she'd be like, think it will be different in the morning. Oh, and we've all experienced yeah, that feeling true. of like heightened emotion at night where yeah. you're so stressed. Like There's a like, desperate feeling. To there's it. a desperate feeling. It's like a, you know, things seem so much worse. Mm -hmm. And then in the morning light, they look a little better, you know? And I think that during that time, you know, I would actually take just pop a Benadryl, which is not ideal. You know, it's not good for your liver long-term FYI. Don't pop Benadryl. But, you know, and then there's been times where I've dabbled in melatonin. No, melatonin is like... Okay, why? Because it puts you to sleep, but it gives you wild dreams that are like anxiety-inducing or for me, and I've heard this from other people too. And then it does not keep you asleep. So it can put you to sleep without keeping you... I just think there's so much better things out is there. Is this like um just from personal personal experience? use. This okay. is my personal experience, okay. but I'm I've talked saw- and communicated okay. with others and they have had this experience too. I just saw somebody yesterday post like about these melatonin tablets they were taking yeah. and they were like they were like, these were okay, but they put me to sleep, but did not keep me asleep, gave me weird dreams. Melatonin definitely has dream tendencies, like as a side effect. Interesting. So why well, I've only I've I've done like the melatonin spray mm-hmm. and I did it after reading um, the Change Your Schedule, Change Your Life book that I read for our time management episode, which I totally got bamboozled by because it's really a book about Ayurveda. <laughs> like read read the subtitles, friends. Yeah. Like here's the subtitle, mm-hmm. how to harness the power of clock genes to lose weight, optimize your workout and finally get a good night's sleep. Like it's all about Ayurveda and science. And then 
Mostly he talks about sleep as like one of the anchors for like living like a fulfilled life. But he talks about using melatonin as a way to, you're supposed to take an, a few hour, an hour maybe before you want to sleep. And it's mm-hmm. to help, it's like a temporary thing to help your body create melatonin at the time that you want to be falling asleep. But I have heard some science and I won't cite my source because I will inevitably get it wrong <laughs> as I don't have it written in front of me. But I have heard science that using the melatonin, supplementing the melatonin can actually decrease your natural melatonin. And that makes sense to me too. What I prefer, my preference, and I think where people are kind of moving is magnesium because we're all pretty deficient in it. And I have noticed- And I don't think that you can take too much magnesium. You'll just pee it out. From what I know, we're not doctors. Or it will upset your stomach, just so you know. (laughs) But but I love magnesium and my- So what's your like, how do you consume your magnesium? So my supplement of choice is from the Onnit brand, which is like Joe Rogan and Aubrey Marcus. And they're um, local local. Yeah. And so I love- of this uh, supplement called New Mood. And it's like a natural, uh, it's kind of like a natural SSRI, which is like you're like good for people with OCD too. And I've noticed like, I have to look at what else in there. I know there's like a little valerian, which is good for sleep. You take it before bed. I take two little pills. It has a good chunk of magnesium and it has some like B6, I believe as well. I can't live without this. I have never been so hardcore about a supplement before. Mm. I've tried, I've done like a week or two without it just to see. There is no question for me. Not only does it actually affect my mood and help me to be a little bit more stable day to day, like in just feeling good because I am so affected by sleep, especially with an anxiety disorder. That's the number one prescription doctors will give you when you have an anxiety disorder is sleep or if you have a good doctor. Um, (laughs) And I have been given it multiple times. And since it's something I know I struggle with and I do value, you know, I'm all about optimizing my sleep and new mood for me, non-spawn, but this is a, it's yeah. been the perfect supplement for me. Oh, I hope they have an affiliate link because we're going to put it up there. You oh guys. God, that'd be awesome. They probably do. They probably do. Well, Aubrey Marcus comes to my salon so I could, oh, yeah. <laughs> Look it up. Oh, we could maybe friend. get sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I won the name is great. Yeah. And I do really think that there's like, yes, we can supplement, but it's only to tee up the actual practice of sleep, which it sounds it's like a you're practice. pretty. I mean, my thing, it's like before I get in my bathtub, I take my two new moods. I do a, a dropper of CBD, okay. which I have found also. Like, is that the only oh my CBD gosh. that you consume during the day? Yes, I have done it during the day if I've like really felt anxious and somebody yeah, had some but around. Generally. But generally, no, I'm not really a daytime CBD gal. I don't need it so much during the day. I don't okay. feel like I don't get too amped. If I overdid it on caffeine or something or I've had mm-hmm. there's actually a CBD coffee in Austin called Sun Up CBD. Oh. Um, and it's a it's a cold brew that has CBD in it. And I have liked that oh, because yeah. it, it makes yeah. for a pretty mellow um, caffeine. It's a good like afternoon ca- afternoon caffeine if you're if you consume that. Not that I generally advise consuming caffeine. No, after. Th- we're going to talk about that next. Okay. Okay. But, <laughs> but I do that. I do the CBD. You know, that's part of my ritual. And I, I, you know, I was hating on that Lord Jones CBD bath tincture because I was like, I just don't know. It works, girl. Because oh my god, I took a good. CBD bath bomb. It's good. And had to put myself to bed. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah. Ooh. I can't do that on the night where I like I actually watch a TV show. <laughs> no, because it like it it does things. Which oh, this is random, but since we're on the topic of CBD, at my last massage, she said that they're now offering massage oil with CBD, and she was like, "You'll be floating out of here." And I was like, "I think I have to like 
time that correctly so that I can like go read a book afterwards. But now I know you go to Pilates and she uses like a mentholated yes. CBD. What do you think about that? I want to know what brand she uses because I really liked it. I think um, it's called Wildflower. I'll, I'll okay. find it and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I really like it too. I think the thing that I don't know and I probably could just find out from a Google search is like what if you're going to dabble in CBD, since it's not like a very well, I mean, it's getting researched and mm-hmm. it sounds like in the, in the sleep podcast that I listened to, it was the one thing that the doctor was very, he was like, I don't want to like make a grand statement here, but the science so far is promising. It's very yes. small, but it's promising. And I've been like, gently bringing CBD up with like expert type people. Like I spoke with somebody who is, um, an expert in Ayurveda the other day. And I like just made a joke about CBD to like, see what her reaction was. And it was very positive. So Mm -hmm. I feel like people are pro, which is good. It's showing up Mm -hmm. literally everywhere. You can buy any CBD products at anthropology or whole foods or like freaking target now. So it's like, but my question is like, is there, can you overdo it? And are we like, if you have it in your lotion and you have it and you're taking a tincture and you're taking a gummy, like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think there's like, is it like vitamin C and you can't over, you know what I mean? No, like, I don't think you can ever do it. Cause I mean, if you think about like, even like marijuana, you yeah. know, you might trip if you, if you consume too much in a certain form, yeah. like you would, you would have a psychedelic experience. However, you're not going to overdose. You know, it's like, it reminds sure. me of that guy calling the police when he's like, he ate the pot brownie, but he was a cop. Have you ever heard <laughs> no. this? It's like, oh my God. It's like a 911 call. We'll put it in the thing. And he calls and he's like, help me. Like I'm overdosing. It's like, I can't even remember. It was a couple years ago, but it is so funny. And it's, they're like, you're fine, you know, but he felt tripping. like that because yeah. he's tripping. <laughs> uh, and so I, I don't, I mean, being that CBD comes from that, I do know that there's, there's, there's like different versions. There's different versions and there's different methodologies and extractions. I've spoken with a couple of people in shops around town. And then I listened to, we'll link this episode Good, of this podcast. I need to listen to it. There's an episode on Fat Mascara, which is a beauty podcast um, that I love. And Oh, the, they're so nice. They're so nice. Yeah. They're so responsive. Jen and Jess, we love you. And they had basically had this guy on who was talking about their brand versus other brands of CBD. And mm-hmm. he was talking about why this makes sense and this doesn't. And then some people, I know there's like a lot of topical CBD stuff. Yeah. And there's a lot of question, I guess, around certain molecules not actually being small enough to do something with mm-hmm. the topicals. Okay. And and it has to do with like the way it's extracted. But I know he spoke to that in that podcast. So okay. I, we're just going to link that. Yeah. Because um, I, again, we are not scientists. We are just, da- we are mm. CBD dabblers, but I have really yeah. enjoyed it. At yeah. first I was kind of like, nah, it's kind of bunk. Um, when I took it, I changed my tune. It's not, it's real. It works. It's great. Yeah. Um, highly recommend 10 out of 10. Well, and I mean, we will relink to the article that I mentioned previously about the power of the placebo effect. But mm. I think you and I both agree that like if it works for you, it works for you. And we don't really care why it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it's like <laughs> magic witchcraft or it's like a chemical reaction, totally. I don't care as long as it's making my life better. On the magnesium front, I'm a huge fan of topical magnesium. So mm-hmm. you and I both take Epsom salt baths, which is a great way for your body to absorb magnesium. And then they also make, um, I think it's ancient minerals makes a, uh, magnesium spray mm. that you can mix with lotion. And my acupuncturist introduced that to me many years ago. Mm. Um, so it's really good for anybody who has restless leg syndrome, or if you, when you're pregnant and you get leg cramps, or I mean, regular and people who aren't pregnant get, I definitely had that, at yeah. night, but 
Um, it's really good for that. And it definitely has like a, a gentle, like easing effect to like getting into bed. But if you overdo it on spray, it can like be itchy. So I think the instructions uh, okay. are to like wipe it off. Cause it's like sort of like putting, putting like sea salt or um, yeah. salt water on your legs. And a lot of people also love, there's a supplement called Calm. Yeah. Um, and I've it's, never taken that. I have. It's, it's a little bit, to me, I don't love it because it's like stevia. It has that like, oh. uh, it reminds me of like an emergency. Cake it's water like, yeah, flavor. I'm not into that. But I think for some people it's great. And if you like are getting on a flight or something or you struggle with just like day-to-day anxiety, like I've definitely taken it during the day if I knew I was going to be amped up. I think I took it on the day our podcast launched because mm-hmm. I was having, I was like anxious and I was like, oh, I need this like during the day. And you were like <laughs> laughing at me stirring. Like, yeah, oh, I remember now. Cold lemon water. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I think that that's a great supplement too that are, is like very, very popular. Um, for me, it's the new mood is what works, but um, there's other stuff in there. And, you know, I'd have to see if I could take that like during pregnancy, you know, consult a doctor. I don't know. We're not doctors no. um, as far as supplements go. But for me, um, that's been important in helping me and aiding me to mm-hmm. get to sleep. Um, but I think the first step is valuing the sleep, is finding the value in it. Because if you're like Nathan and you don't see the value in it, but then you feel tired every day and you don't notice that connection, mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem for yeah. you. And I think for me, even being somebody that like grew up valuing sleep and thinking that sleep is really important and like being a little prideful of my ability to be able to fall asleep anywhere, mm-hmm. like at swim meets. So you're at a swim meet for eight hours a day, but you are only competing for a few minutes at a time. And so I would like go find a hard place on a cement like pool deck and like curl up in my parka and fall asleep. Like Mm -hmm. it was like something that I just like, and it was, I mean, really, I think that sleep. So the person who said that sleep is a spiritual practice was in do less by Kate Northlip. She has like a whole chapter about it. Mm -hmm. And it like really kind of jumped out at me. And I was like, oh, this is something I've always known to be true. It was something that as a kid, I just did. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten away from it. Like I have like disconnected with that part of my body, but it's a really important thing. So like the thing that made me think about that is just like arming myself with more knowledge and education is kind of bringing me back to Mm -hmm. valuing it. So like listening to the six hours of that podcast, there were so many points where I was like, oh, like the thing that I guess I totally makes sense, but I didn't really connect was that alcohol is a sedative. Benadryl is a sedative. And so you aren't actually sleeping. You're sedated. Right. And and in your sedation, that sedation brings you to sleep, but there's a period in time where you're simply sedated. And I just did it this weekend. I like had, I went out to dinner with my husband. We had a really nice date. We drank. I totally think it was worth it, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I woke up at two with like a fuzzy feeling in my head Mm -hmm. and I got a pee and I was like, Oh, hi, you're, you were, you woke up from your sedation. Now you need to pop some Advil, drink some water and mm -hmm. actually go to sleep. So Mm -hmm. I didn't go to sleep until two. And then I woke up at five with my kids. Mm -hmm. So now I'm behind. And I think the thing is you can't really catch up on sleep too, Mm -hmm. but I think you know, you've laughed at me some. You're like, you're the most sober, curious person I know that still drinks. I'm like, yes, I am. But and that's why you're sober, curious. But this is exactly why I'm sober, curious, because the one th- that my true reason for being sober, curious is I don't like the way I don't like that feeling. I will wake up at like two or three, mm-hmm. that fuzzy, icky feeling Ooh. a little bit like feels like jet lag. It feels like jet lag. And then even if I get myself back to sleep, my mind's going a little bit. So I can, st- I'm still kind of thinking sleeping, you know, that f- weird yeah. f- feeling. And it's not worth it to me sometimes to do that. So it's like cutting out the drinking earlier or 
just not doing it as much like that. I, I really value my sleep so much more, especially when I was like postpartum, I didn't just jump right back into drinking. Mm-hmm. And then when I, even after I weaned wilder, I still was so, I think nutritionally deficient because I had a really rough pregnancy. I was very sick. And I think that because my, my like, I don't know what was going on with my hormones, my nutrition, like I felt just like imbalanced. I struggled to drink at all. Like I didn't enjoy it. I've I've now gotten to a place where I do again, Mm -hmm. but I still don't, I can't do it multiple times a week because I just can't feel like that. And I can't, it takes away my days Mm -hmm. and I enjoy my days too much Mm -hmm. to let that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in motherhood, especially like at least in the culture that you and I are a part of, two of the things that are like really glorified are being hopped up on your coffee caffeine and mm. then needing a glass of wine at 100%. five o'clock. So there's this like whole cycle of substance that we are using and potentially abusing. Yes. And there aren't a lot of people in like popular culture saying like, oh, well, like sleep is the most important thing I do as a mother. And I think part of it is because it's dangerous to say that because so many people are struggling to sleep. Like when you have a baby that has colic Mm. and you're up every two hours, like when somebody's out there preaching like the importance of sleep, you're going to be like, (laughs) no, no. Like, yeah. You, well, it's, it's frustrating. You, it's the, like, I don't have control over this at this. I didn't, exactly. if I had control over it, I'd have been asleep. Sure. Trust me. And it, it's like a shameful feeling. Like you said, like you're, yeah. you just like, you feel yes. behind. I definitely felt sensitive um, about it yeah. specifically because it was, feel like you're it was also as like, if I did something what wrong. What am I doing wrong? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Why can't I make this baby sleep? Uh-huh. And like, all I want to do is sleep. And so then again, you're also like working behind because now you're sleep deprived and trying to deal with like something you've never dealt with before. So I understand why like the glorification of like the hot mess exhausted mom exists it Mm. like is a belonging feeling but at the same time like I really appreciate when people are out there like Kate Northrup saying that like sleep is super super important Mm -hmm. and there are times in our lives when we don't have the option when we're caring for somebody maybe like it's somebody who's sick with cancer or it's a baby or whatever there are times and we're not made like we're humans we're super resilient and like out in the wild like we can like survive but also we would like shut it down when we could Mm -hmm. and there's for me there's like a after effect time frame where like it takes me a long time to get back to a healthy habit like I'm like so used to not sleeping from having two babies that I'm like oh no like I need to do this Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean yeah I mean I've and alcohol and caffeine are like two of the biggest things that impact my sleep for sure I'm careful about the caffeine in the afternoon I mean I did that for a while when I was when I was having to stay up later because it was like it you know, when you're, when you have a really new newborn, they go to bed later. Like mm-hmm. they actually might, their bedtime might be like 10 or 11 that yeah. you're actually putting them down. So you kind of know, I need to stay up till this time to get our like maybe three to four hours, you know, like you're going to get yeah. your most hours if you do it. So I would, at that point I was supplementing caffeine, like maybe in the afternoon, but in my day-to-day life, I try not to. God, but I love coffee. And so that's There's really, something about coffee in the afternoon too that is it's, like luxurious. It's indulgent. Yeah, it's it, indulgent. Like, yeah. But okay, so in that podcast, I don't have the notes here, but he talks about the half-life of caffeine and it's ridiculous. And mm. so like really in the Ayurveda book, he says that you should be having your last cup of coffee at 8.30 a.m. What? I know, but wow. girl, I've been trying it. Like I've been sometimes I do. I 
don't, but one, it's motivated me to finish my first cup of coffee, which is another mom thing. Like we always joke that like, oh, I haven't finished. I've been microwaving this cold cup of coffee all day long. Like you Mm. don't even actually sit down to drink the first cup until like however long. So I've been like really trying to like, I'm a cold brew gal, so I don't struggle with that. I know. All year long too. All year long. I could be in like the, my friends laugh because I go to New York and visit them and I'll be like, like literally (laughs) cold brew and it's like 30 degrees. They're like, what's wrong with you? That's yeah. I do not relate to that at all. I'm kind of the opposite. Like I will order a hot coffee with an apology in a hundred degree weather. Nathan too. I'm always like, uh, I feel a little stupid, but I'm going to get a hot coffee. So yeah. Anyways, that has really like drawn my attention to caffeine. And so I think that with supplementing and with chemical of any sort, like it's, mm. it's also about the ritual, which yes. there's so much ritual around sleep and, or not sleeping. Like there's its own rituals with like, okay, now I'm going to get to watch my housewives and like, mm-hmm. or I'm going to binge on a show and you mm-hmm. just kind of like get sucked into that. But for me trying to become better about sleep, mostly because of this episode, because I wanted to be well rested when we talked about (laughs) sleep. It's really been about like creating ritual around sleep that feels good to me. And it's something that like I've been talking about needing to do for months. And I'm finally just kind of like, okay, you need to do it. You're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's been weird because this last month leading up to this episode, I have my, I usually am like a a. 7am riser. Mm. For whatever reason, I'm now a 5am riser. Like just pop out of bed wide awake. Um, And so I'm like needing less sleep all of a sudden. Like I don't really feel tired. I'm just like, what is going on with my sleep? Because I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to bed that much earlier, you know, but I'm just feeling, I do feel more tired like earlier in the evenings. But yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like it's like leading up to this. I'm like, what's going on with me? I'm like less sleep is happening for me. But that's creating its new like morning routines, which is nice as well. But I I definitely, I love the rituals. What are some of your, like, what's your nighttime rituals? Like mine are bath and book and bed. Like what's yours? Well, so I'm taking a course right now by Jess Fields, um, who used to be learn human design on Instagram, but now she's just Jess Fields and she's like stepping into her own, but she has a human design course. And one of the things she talks about all the time is projectors need to be in bed before they get sleepy, Mm -hmm. which is like nails on a chalkboard to me. Like I'm like, that's probably true, but I'm not there yet. So the things that in thinking about that, I'm like, how can I get ready for bed earlier so that it's like easier to get to bed before I'm sleepy. Mm -hmm. And so like washing my face and getting in my pajamas while my kids are doing their bedtime routine has been like really helpful because Mm. once they're asleep, I'm ready for bed. Whereas it used to be that like they'd be asleep and then I would go downstairs and have a glass of wine, watch a show. Mm -hmm. And before I know it, it's 1030 and I haven't washed my face and I'm not like in my PJs. Mm -hmm. And so then I, then I do the thing where I'm like, oh, I'll just use like a makeup wipe today and like fall into bed. And like, that isn't a ritual at all. That's Mm -mm. just like gross. Oh my God. I can't handle it. I know. (laughs) Well, you have so many like rituals in your evening routine, but also like the way your home functions at night is very different than mine. Like that's true. No, that's very true. I mean, it's definitely been a struggle as his bedtime is getting later. And it's like, I'm curious to see what, I mean, eventually we'll have to do dinner together because right now it's like, there's a very short span. You guys are still doing dinner separately. Sometimes we'll do it together, but rarely. And yeah, so usually we don't eat till eight, which is not ideal. Right. Yeah. It's not ideal. Um, oh my God, we, we eat dinner at five. 
Yeah, no, that's like most people I know. We the idea of eating at five that will never be us. Well, like, I know. Will, most even people are home from Wilder work. eats at six thirty. Okay, um, so we've at least like we could reasonably eat at six thirty, but Mare is in bed by six thirty. I luxuriate in cooking, so it's like it's yeah. a tough thing. Yeah, Wilder's been pushed back to seven thirty, which I miss his six thirty bedtime sorely. Well, because he's really good at sleep, at, and so he doesn't wake up early either. What time does he wake he up? He sleeps up till seven. Oh my god, mm-hmm. my kids are up at five or six every day. Wilder's definitely going to be like Nathan, I think, with that, like, Mm. wanting, like, like sleeping in, you know, I don't know. He's interesting. Well, it's funny, like, me, I have no idea what I would have been, like, naturally since I was getting up so early for swimming for so long. Like, now it's just, like, baked in. But, like, who knows what my natural tendency was. Like, obviously. My natural tendency was definitely early to bed, early to rise. But in my college years, I was a wild child. So I would, like, literally, we would stay up until 9 a.m. And I can remember, like... Now we got to like rest. Mm-hmm. And so it was like trying to dial it down so that we could sleep all day. So like, that you I, can party the next day. So that we could party the next <laughs> night. Yeah. It was like a, a real wild, you know, <laughs> different phase of life. But yeah, that I can't even like I remember how tired I would like feel. Yeah, but you're so young. You so, know? Yeah, like, you bounce back. Yeah. You just It's crazy and the difference. That's the other thing that I think sometimes like our lens, the way we're seeing things is through like having young children. But I also don't know what is from just being in my mid 30s, you know, like right. what is just the natural consequence of like life and aging? I'll say this. I worked with a lot of people who would not have children at my last uh, job and I... I think that's what made me so sensitive was because I'm like you were on a different on a different oh, level yeah, of tired yeah. and they would but they would complain about being tired oh, for sure quite often and I'm sure so, they were and I'm sure they were I'm sure they were uh-huh yeah it's like it's hard to compare that you know because you are tired you know in yes. another way no it's definitely no I mean in the do less book by Kate Northrup she talks about how she never really knew sleep exhaustion until becoming a mother because she had like a super uh challenging colicky baby I think it was her first she has two Uh kids now but I think her first was like really rough so you probably felt seen in reading that but I think she has like a really empowering viewpoint it's uh her book is wonderful but in the sleep chapter especially it is like an acknowledgement of like you know, you might be in a rough spot right now, but like it isn't going to be forever. And here are some tools. She talks about yoga nidra mm, as like I should use that a sleep hack. Oh my yes, that's like one of my number one tips for moms with little babies is like yoga nidra, a twenty minute yoga nidra nap. It does. You're not going to sleep really, but mm-hmm. it like resets your cells and just gives you like a restful pause. That when you're having anxiety and feeling like I can't sleep or I'm not going to sleep or I'm mm-hmm. not getting anything done. And honestly, meditation for anxiety too. Yeah. Is now that that's something I'm really making a practice for. I'm doing it in the mornings, but it does. It sets me up for a totally different day mm-hmm. than if I don't do it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like I don't know what the resistance is to doing it, but just do it because it it really genuinely helps. Do a guided meditation. There's plenty online. Yeah. They're free do it. Yeah. I think that the, that this is, that's true of so many things that are good for you Mm -hmm. is that there is a resistance to getting there. Like it's, it's hard to like get excited to go work out. You know, there's just like so many things. Actually, I have the most lovely thing I just got. Um, and it's this like day planner, but you do it in the morning and it, it is, um, from Lavendaire. She's this girl. Have you ever seen her? She has a podcast, but she actually is very popular for her name's like Eileen, I can't think of her last name. Um, 
really darling girl. She is all about like self-care and gentle practices. And, you know, she pulls, she's like a huge reader just like us. And she pulls from all these things and makes these like plans. And she has this planner that she came out with and it's like not dated. So every day, and it's very simple. It has these like tasks, but this has been the most mind blowing thing for me that is so silly. On one side, she has like the five tasks list. And on the other side, like with hearts to check off, she has self-care. And when she has her sample page on her self-care, she has meditation, Pilates, Mm. uh, you know, nourish yourself. And I think part of my problem is putting that on a a task list list versus a self-care list and viewing it as a chore yep. versus a luxury yeah. because the crazy part is it is a luxury. That's the yeah. part you should be joyous to take yes. time to do. Yeah. And just that little shift in filling this out daily, it's made all the difference in the world to me. Mm, that's and great. Yeah. It's so, such an interesting thing. I mean, that's kind of unrelated to sleep, but no, but it's, it's the idea of like, what are the things that are going to take the best care of you that mm-hmm. you have? Like, that you have easy access to. I think the thing about sleep is like maybe not everybody has access to it. And we've talked about a few different reasons why, but there's a whole host of reasons why you might not have access to good sleep. But for the most part, like you and I definitely do. And so when we're not, when we're depriving ourselves of sleep, like we're not doing ourselves any good, but we're also a danger to society. Like we're not (laughs) able to like do better work in the world. I'm like, sorry if I did your hair. Oh, she did my hair. Time. <laughs> she did my hair. She came to my house and did my hair, which at the time I was like, oh, you're amazing. What a gift. But now I'm like, oh, it was probably not the greatest haircut. <laughs> it probably wasn't. Yours probably, yours probably wasn't the worst, easy. to be honest. No. But there probably were people that <laughs> wasn't my best work. That's okay. Or I think I was just being the town crier, like making oh. everybody scared of having babies because I was. they were like, how is it? I'm like, so hard. <laughs> She's like, the haircut was great, but my stylist was crying the whole time. Yes, like truly, I'm so sorry. I can think of like a couple of people in particular that I'm like, well, never seeing them again, oh but it's gosh. fine. Well, I wanted to, we have talked a lot about sleep with relation to children. Have you read any sleep books for kids or do you feel like you had a really rough sleeper for a while and now you just lucked into a good sleeper? Because I feel like Wilder's really good at sleep. Wilder's now. a good sleeper. I feel like... I was I was consuming content. Um, I can't think of what it was like. The Sleep Lady, I think, is her name. I know that is her name Whitney Port, the girl from the hills, something like that. Okay, Whitney Porter, Port, I, Whitney Port, I think, P O R T. Okay, yeah, she had had a baby around the same time as me, and she did all this YouTube series about it, which um, I loved watching. Yeah. And she used a woman, I believe it was the Sleep Lady. I'm probably going to get this We're going to have to Google We're going to have to Google this. Um, but she, I would look at her content on Instagram and get like some advice, especially when it came time to, we did the ferberizing method, which is essentially a lighter version of cry it out where you. Yeah. Um, I mean, any kind of sleep training, the baby's going to cry. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And we're okay with our I babies was, crying. <laughs> I was okay. I, I definitely know people who don't feel okay about For sure. it. I was okay about it. I, yeah. I needed it so badly. I needed to move him out of my room so badly. So for me, I was like, you know, you go in, you put your hand on his chest, you leave, you do it again every like so often. You set the timer and we would get up to like 20 minutes. But then eventually, guess what? They go to bed. Yeah. And you know what? He's better for it now because yeah. I do believe the sleep training worked. Yeah. We have a great sleeper. Yeah. So I didn't read a book per se, but okay. I, cons- I gleaned information. I definitely. Yeah. Was like sourcing. I was I was a Google machine back in the oh, early I can days. Imagine. So it was you know I'm sh- I had a lot of content from a lot of different places. I did not 
sit and read a book. I think I always tell people with sleep training, it's like, yeah, you're not okay with them crying until you get to a point where you're okay with them crying. Like right. if you just luck into a good sleeper, great. But if you're like suffering, like maybe if at first you're like, oh, I can't imagine making them cry. And then eventually you're like, oh, yes, here's the thing. He was crying either way. Exactly. He was crying. My baby was crying all the time, like all the time. Yes. <laughs> so yes. it didn't matter. That's totally <laughs> it true. It didn't matter. So I never read any sleep books until my, well, I did read, I would like pick out some and then I would get get turned off by something they said, or I would, it would start making me feel like a bad mom. So I'd mm, stop reading yeah. them. Um, but when I was pregnant with Merritt, Owen started, he was like one and a half and he started waking up like at 4am mm. and I was like, okay, I'm about to have a new baby who I know isn't going to let me sleep. And now this toddler person is like not sleeping. Ugh. So I bought the happy sleeper, which is by Heather Turgeon and Jewelry Wright. And they have this like philosophy that we're made to be good sleepers, that our babies are born to be good sleepers. And so it's, they give us, they give you so many tools for like allowing that. And it's a very like gentle, empowering strategy. And they have chapters for all the way up to school age kids mm. and for parents. So they have a sleep meditation at the end of the book for parents. So it's like, it's a textbook that I am going to reference that I have like opened and referenced yeah. many times. And it's like, tabbed and highlighted and all the stuff because like it's going to sleep is going to be a thing that I am viewing as one of my roles as a parent is to improve for myself. Mm -hmm. But then also like one of the best things that I could give my kids is like the ability to create a healthy sleep environment and a healthy sleep relationship for their mm -hmm. life. Because if you don't learn it when you're a kid, it's so much harder to learn it when you're an adult. And I lucked into it. I think mostly because swimming, like I had to be up. And so yeah. that was my only choice. And I remember having so much sleep anxiety as a kid. And my dad told me, if you lay in bed still and your eyes are open and you're not sleeping, that still counts. Mm. And that was like the permission I needed to like, okay, I'm doing like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And if sleep comes, sleep comes. But I have not. a weird trick that I've had since I was a little Ooh, girl. Yeah. Let's talk about tricks. Um, one of my tricks is like, especially if you wake up and you can't go back to sleep, uh, if you can imagine a color in your mind's eye and like really try to imagine it and think of the color, you will fall asleep. I don't know why, but that one works for me. Ooh, I like uh -huh. that. Mm -hmm. One of my other tricks is to not look at the clock when I'm, if I know oh. I, if I stayed up too late or if I woke up in the middle of the night is to not look at the clock. Cause if I don't know what sleep I missed, then I don't know what sleep I missed. And mm -hmm. I just tell, mm -hmm. and I also sometimes will tell my body, like I need that for every hour I sleep, I need it to feel like two or three hours. So I'll like mm. give my body like the assignment of like, this is your opportunity to do double time. Like maximize your sleep. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> cause I'm not giving you a lot to work with. So like do your best. I think it's smart not to look at the clock because in your, I, I do the opposite. I don't really like think about what I've missed, but I think about how, like, how soon do I have to get up? Ugh. And like, if, how long is it going to actually take me to fall asleep yeah. versus how, like, how many minutes will I then be left with? Is it even worth going back? You know, so that's, that's the problem. The contrast between uh -huh. the color strategy, imagining a color and embodying the color or like working on that puzzle, like your brain's going to do something. So it's yeah. really good to give it a, like a nice fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, we, I know you wanted to talk about dreams, but we're already like, I don't think we can. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> dreams deserves its whole 
own episode. I truly believe that. I think you will be talking that whole episode because no, I haven't I dreamt think, for like three years. Oh I'm you just do dream. To. You just don't remember them. Oh, well, I know that. But I think there's like a whole thing to be said. Like I have theories about dreams <laughs> and where we are and why sleep is so important. I, I will see old friends in dreams and have very vivid. I have always been like a, very, a fairly lucid dreamer. I can kind of control the dream. And then I also have very, very vivid dreams, like really during pregnancy or during yeah. certain times in my yes. life. Um, I've always been a big dream interpreter. So I do the dream dictionary almost every day. Like since I was a teenager, I was Googling the dream dictionary A to Z when I was like in high school. I had a dream journal in high school. And I think it's such a a good thing. Yeah. My, my best friend, her dad is sort of like a Freudian, um, psychologist. Uh-huh. And so he is very big in the dream interpretation too. So we would always, she would tell him her dreams and he'd be like, you know, he, she, I can remember there was this like what about her birthing a calf. We'll get, we'll get into it later. Like, oh I mean, that's God. a whole nother episode, but I think that that's just a, it's a fascinating thing. And then there's so much science and there's some really good, I just watched an episode of the mind, um, explained on Netflix okay. about dreams. Highly recommend that, but we won't get into it as well, much. No, today. I need like a few months of sleeping correctly so that I can remember my dreams. Cause yes. when you're sleep deprived, oh you gosh, can't remember your true that's true it's like one I mean maybe some people but that's one of my symptoms of sleep deprivation is not getting into the deepest sleep that I need so that I'm Mm. actually remembering my dreams and I I mean honestly if you're not sleeping that much you might not be dreaming like you you know what I mean like it's like you have to access that well to wrap up do you have any other sleep rituals or sleep resources anything else we didn't talk about like setting the vibe in the bedroom we could talk about that. I mean, I think getting the TV out of the bedroom is a good thing to do. I love my TV in my bedroom. There's things that I would like the TV in the bedroom to have like, like I like that. I, I have this fantasy of like me with like Wilder in my bed, like watching a movie, yeah. you know, like in an afternoon on a Sunday because that's yeah. something I grew up doing with like my family. We just did that yesterday. Um, that sounds so lovely. Uh, we don't have one in our room. Yeah. And I can't, I don't know, like you can, I bet I mean, since you don't have one, like that isn't the reason to put one in. Like you can know, make your but that's what I would living room like for. a little yeah, cozy. Like, like bring well, the comforter out. That's what I do. I, that's down. what I do every night. Oh. That's that's part of why I feel like I'm in the bed watching the TV. Well, no wonder you fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nathan's like, don't get that out. Sit up. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Like I lay out like with my heavy like anxiety blanket. The anxiety blanket works. Um, yeah. Way to blankets. Um, the, I, I mean, no, I think, I think that about covers it for me. But I do think like, less tech in the bedroom for the most part is good. And I think that the bath before bed, that's key for me, but I can see why people, some people aren't bath takers, you know? Yeah. I mean, but then you could take a shower. If you're not a bather, you could take a shower before bed. Yeah. I don't like going to bed with wet hair. That's one of my biggest, like, Mm. I hate that. So bathing before, like, I don't really consider bathing to get clean. Uh I do it as like a zone, a change in zone. And so I love like, yeah, I love taking a bath. It's actually something I do a ton when I'm pregnant, Mm -hmm. but in having two like toddler people running around like bathing and it's been so hot in Austin, like now it's just starting to get nice. I don't know how you take a bath when it's like hot outside. Cause it cools your body temperature. Do you take a hot bath? Yes. And it's, it's amazing. Are you like sweating? There have been times in Austin where it's like a hundred out. I'm pregnant. I'm taking a hot bath and I'm like sweating. I am a it's funny person. I don't sweat very much in my life. Like even I'll mm. go to hot yoga and like maybe one trickles down my face, but I'll like look over and people have pools underneath them. I mean, I'm them not a big I'm, sweater either. I don't sweat very much. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's good. I'm like, I wish I did sweat more, but um, yeah, I'm not a big sweater. So no, I don't really sweat in the mm. tub. Okay. Well, my last thing are sheets and pajamas. Mm, mm-hmm. So 
we just, we have one set of linen sheets from parachute and then one set of regular like percal or however you Mm -hmm. say it. And when we switch them, like I only want my linen sheets and Mm. they're such a different feeling. It's like kind of a commitment to like buy a set of linen sheets, but I'd been very intrigued by them for so long. And I finally, we got a rip in like one of ours. So Mm -hmm. I was like, it's time to replace them. So I got the linen ones and now I'm like dying for the other set, the alternate set to like break so that I can get linen sheets. I'm obsessed. I wonder what mine are. I use the Brooklinen. I mean, I, I, from the mm. name, I would assume it's linen, but I don't know. Probably not. Uh, uh, okay. Like linen's like a, it's a total, like linen clothing. Like it feels like linen? Yeah. Is it, are they still cool? Like do they yeah. have like a, okay. They're warm and they're cool. Like they don't, so with probably like a normal, like she, it actually feels like cool to the touch when you get in. Do they feel in. rough? A little, but okay. it's like a soft rough. It feels huh. like linen clothing. You know how like linen clothing yeah. has a texture to it, but it yes. is still, it's soft, but it's a texture. It's not smooth. Okay. It's really, it's a weird thing. And like Adam hates change and like is so not Nathan into like too. me altering our systems. So it was like a big risk for me to like buy That's, that's why I'm like, I don't know oh, if I, I know. can risk I, it. You know okay. what I did is I only bought a pillowcase first. That's what I'm going to do. So that I could, and I tested it. And then I was like, I think we can do this. Like I'm just going to, you know, worst case scenario, we hate our sheets and we get new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they're not cheap. But I was like, it's something I'm, I felt very drawn to them. And he he likes them too. They're different and they're supposed to last forever because linen is like yeah. a pretty hardy material. So that's one thing. And then I'm also obsessed with these new pajamas that I've got. They're from the company Lake Pajamas. And they're just like the cutest, softest. And you know, in Marie Kondo's book, she talks about how you're not supposed to wear your day clothes for bed. And you're mm-hmm. also not supposed to downgrade your day clothes to bed, which I had always been doing just like my ratty t-shirts and like whatever was like gross clothes. That's what I ended up putting for my bedtime mm-hmm. clothes. And when she said that it was like the permission I needed to like get myself some pajamas. Oh, my mom is like the pajama queen. <laughs> she has more pajamas than any person on earth. She like literally by 5 p.m. She's in the pajamas every night. Like that's so that's like part of the getting ready. But before. They are beautiful. She oh, has I the most it. she has like a literal dresser and you can open three of the drawers and they're her pajamas. I love and there's it. like a million different kinds. And she so she like almost exclusively purchases pajamas for all of for us. Like as her oh mm-hmm. sometimes it's too much for me. Like it's too frilly. But ones that I've really liked you like mine. Yeah, I, do, I just looked and they're like definitely up my alley. Nathan says I look like a grandma. However, I really love my pajamas. They're um, PJ. Oh my God, what are they called? I'll have to link them in the show notes, but right, mine have like stars and mo- they're very like um, woo. Oh. They have like woo features, but they're like long and like long, you know, sleeves and long pants, but they're Even so Even in the soft. summer? Um, I, sometimes I'll switch them up, but yeah. I keep it pretty cold in the house in the summer, yeah. so it doesn't really matter to me. Mm. Well, friends, if you're still with us, I'm really proud of you because <laughs> this episode went a little long. We have a lot to say about sleep, which I'm not surprised no. by. And I honestly think that we will have to add a dreams episode to our calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is where we're going to wrap up. So let us know how you're feeling about the woo of sleep. Are there any new rituals or things you're going to try from today's episode? Just a reminder, there's a new moon coming up in a few days, which means another Woo Letter will be going out to our email subscribers. Woo Letter is our monthly newsletter that includes episode recaps, playlists, what we're reading and watching, and other goodies like intentions and rituals. To sign up, visit our website, thatsprettywoo.com. We'll be back again next week with a new episode about shadow work. Bye. Bye. Thank you, friends, for listening. Please connect with us at thatsprettywoo.com and on Instagram at thatsprettywoo. Make sure you subscribe to catch next week's episode and share our pod with anyone you know who's into stuff. That's That's Pretty pretty woo. Woo.